on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. We're joined in the studio by Jilly Walker, who's our guest today. Hello, Jilly. Hello, and thank you for inviting me along. Well, thank you for coming. Thanks. You're uh, coming to talk to us about photography. Yes. Yes. But before we get on to that, because I'll leave most of that to Tina, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) who will be chatting to you in the second hour. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, so our uh, our listeners have got a a picture of you. (laughs) You see what I did there? Very good. (laughs) Anyone (laughs) think it was scripted? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (coughs) Okay. uh, Well, I've got rather a mixed background. I never really knew what I wanted to do with my life, so I've done an awful lot of different things, and I just followed what I found interesting at the time. Um, so I uh, studied philosophy as a mature student um, and then I trained as a hypnotherapist and I did that for a while. I taught IT in um, colleges in Kent, I actually taught in the community, I taught adults and uh, I worked as a marriage registrar and a bookseller and in libraries, all sorts of things really. But I suppose the common theme was that I've always worked with people and I enjoy working with people and I also did an awful lot of teaching along the way. I, I taught philosophy um, after I graduated for a bit and uh, I had sort of discovered a love of, of teaching. Um, but what was always something that I could never um, satisfy was a sort of yearning to be creative because where I grew up that sort of thing just wasn't really encouraged and um, I was uh, encouraged down a, a sort of academic line because I, I was fairly academically bright and um, all my sort of you know drawing and painting things nobody wanted to know about those so I I just kept those to myself but for all my life I was sort of looking for this thing that I could do this thing that I could create and be good at and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what that was so probably about coming up for 10 years ago um, I discovered photography and that turned out to be the thing I'd been looking for all that time. Um, when I hit 50, I had a bit of a, a crisis, as I think maybe you do when you hit 50. It's one of those birthdays. And um, anyway, I, almost on a whim, I signed up to do an access to art and design course. And I went off to do that. I was the worst person in the class, absolutely the worst person. <laughs> uh, it was full of teenagers. Um, they'd all been drawing since they were old enough to hold a pencil in their hand and I'd only taken it up again about six months before and I hadn't touched anything for about 30 years before that. So um, I was by far the worst and I realised quite quickly I wasn't really going to become very good at drawing and painting in a hurry. It was going to take a long time. Um, Although if you do it you know all day for two or three days a week then you do get better you definitely do get better um but anyway but then we hit the photography module and suddenly this just felt right this felt like my my thing and we had a lot of fun we made pinhole cameras we um sort of dabbled with film um, we did all sorts of things and i had been taking photographs as well because i was drawing and painting from the photographs so i was using them as reference and i had been really enjoying the actual taking of the photographs so that sort of fed into it as well and uh yeah that that that's i realized was what i wanted to do so i dropped out of the course for an awful lot of reasons which i can't go into it'd take too long to go into at the moment um 
but I wanted to do something with the photography. I was serious about it. I really wanted to, to pursue that. So I came across Open College of the Arts, who are like Open University, um, but for you know applied arts subjects. And um, I started doing some courses with them. And I took a long time over them because at that time they didn't put a limit on it. They let you take as long as you like. I took years over them. I only did two courses and I think it took me about six or seven years, you know, in all. Uh, but what held me back with the first one was that I, had, I, I didn't know how to use a camera. I really didn't. And I thought they'd teach me and they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. So I had to learn and I had to teach myself. Um, so um, that was that was the start of it. That was the start of it. Yeah. Wow. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic. I think there's so many things there we could talk about after the news. I think we're going to have to be difficult to restrict it to photography. <laughs> there are, but we will. <laughs> but we will. Yes, but we will. We'll so manage. We'll talk to Jilly much more. Don't go away. You're listening to the girls around town here on Radio Newark with me, Tina Bettison, and with June Rollins and Sue Jackson. And our guest today is Jilly Walker. And Jilly and the, we have been chatting a little bit before the news about um, how Jilly got into photography or found her kind of metier as a photographer. Um, and um, uh, and obviously this is something that's very close to my own heart, being. Um, of a bit of a creative polymath myself. Um, so I'm very delighted to be able to continue our chat with Jilly. Um, Jilly, tell us a little bit more about how the, the, you know, we've talked about how you kind of found photography. Let's talk a little bit more now about how you have kind of taken photography on, um, developed your own photographic voice, but also how you've been starting to teach. Okay, um, well, I think when we left off, I was saying that I didn't know how to use a camera at that stage. Um, so I had to learn. Um, and that was quite difficult for me. I can do technical stuff, but it doesn't come easily to me. Uh, so I tried to teach myself and I bought every book there was. I read every magazine there was and I'd read it and I'd think, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. And I go out with my camera and I pick it up and I think, I haven't a clue what I'm doing here. <laughs> And that just kept happening. And then one day I came across a book that made a huge difference to me. And it was a book called Understanding Exposure by Brian Peterson, actually. And he had a new way of uh, presenting it. Um, he uh, used metaphors to explain how the different sort of elements of taking picture hung together. And that really, really worked for me. And after I'd read that book, it just all sort of clicked. And I suddenly had got it. And it was great. So I became quite proficient using the camera and I was studying as I said with um, Open College of the Arts uh, so through the study I was kind of developing my photography that way but then I, I started to think about it and I thought well if I struggled to learn how to use a camera there's got to be lots of other people who are and there wasn't nearly so much photography teaching around at that time there's quite a lot of it now you see courses everywhere but there really wasn't much then so I started up my own workshops and I thought I'm probably quite a good person to teach beginners because I can really put myself into their mindset because as I say I can do technical stuff but I don't like it it doesn't come easily to me so I understand the difficulties whereas sometimes I think if you're you know, if it is an easy thing for you, then you don't really understand why people aren't getting it. No, absolutely. Sometimes yeah. the thing that you find easiest is also the thing you find most difficult to teach somebody else. That's right, yeah. 
So, um, so I started doing those and that was going nicely. And uh, then I met um, someone who's now a good friend and she was running a photo tour company in London. And at the time she had no teaching going on because she um, didn't know enough herself to, to teach. So she was taking people around London and sh taking them to sort of interesting and quirky things to photograph and throwing in quite a lot of history and so on. So uh, we started, we got friendly and uh, I ended up helping her to develop the tuition side of her company. And um, I taught most of the early courses for the early workshops, uh, helped put the courses together, all that kind of thing. And um, it's it's gone from strength to strength. So she's now listed by Time Out as one of the best photography course providers in London. So it's been very successful. So I was really enjoying all that. Um, it, you know, I was happy doing that. Uh, I did start to feel that I'd like to do something a little bit more than just teach people how to use a camera because for me although that's obviously very useful um, and for in some situations essential to me it's not really what it's about for me it's about the creative side of it and it's about developing your creativity developing your ability to see and to notice things um, so um, I started to think more about that and I knew that I wanted to move in that direction. I just didn't know quite what I wanted to do with it. Um, so at that time, um, around that time, my husband was made redundant. And to cut a long story short, we had several years of relocating around the countryside. We basically were chasing jobs for him. And um, I had to leave behind everything. I'd been, in Can been living in Canterbury for 25 years. Um, and I loved it there and I'd leave that behind, my friends, my work, everything, so it's quite hard for me. Um, and I wasn't very happy a lot of the time, but it did give me a lot of time to think about where I'd like to go. And I was still studying during that time as well, so mm. I, I was giving it a lot of thought, I was doing a lot of personal photography. And this is when you moved up to Newark? And this is when I ended up in Newark, yeah. Yeah. So how have you been... Um, if you like take bringing your photography into and, and around you because i know you've done uh quite a few um photo, almost photo tours of your own in and around newark even even without necessarily i know you're starting to also do that as as mm -hmm. a, a an offering if you like something that you you mm -hmm. take other people around to do but how did you how did you discover newark photographically um well yeah, I uh, I have a way, of, my way of doing photography is I don't go out with any kind of um, goal in mind really, I just go out and I wander about and I just let myself go where I feel like going and I just notice what comes to me and, and this I'll talk about more later because this is a lot to do with the mindfulness approach to it. Um, and where I live, I'm very near New York Cemetery and uh, Balderton Lake. So actually the bulk of my photography has been done on that walk through the cemetery, round the lake and back home. And it's, it hasn't let me down yet. I'm still getting stuff out of that. Um, and that's, that's another thing about approaching photography in a, in a mindful kind of way. You can get an awful lot of mileage out of um, what might seem uninteresting or what might seem boring. Mm. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I've d done a bit of private tuition. I haven't really, until recently, started uh, to work 
you know, with groups again, but that's what I'm wanting to do now. Brilliant. So, um, so did I, have I taken you slightly off track there? Because I, I know that, that um, I was sort of interested in how you, you've kind of been working with it in and around Newark. Mm. Um, but uh, I also have a feeling that there was something you were probably about to say and I kind of took you off as a tangent. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> um, well, there's lots I could say. Um, yeah, I mean, what I'd quite like to talk about is how I, I came to uh, my personal approach to photography because it was a slightly odd route to it. Um, I was, as I said, I was studying um, with OCA and... Um, I just thought I didn't really fit there. I didn't fit at all. It was um, academic photography. Mm. Um, this, I seem to be doing an awful lot of writing about it and reading about it and not all that much actual photography. And the whole approach is very um, conceptual, sort of postmodern. And please don't ask me to explain what postmodernism is because <laughs> I don't think I can. I've only got the vaguest grasp of it. Um, and I think the clincher for me really was uh, I put an assignment in and my tutor absolutely loathed it. He hated it and he really didn't hold back telling me at all. Um, and one of the pictures he said was trite. Um, but then he went on to say it was trite. But if I had presented it as a postmodernist ironical statement, it would have been okay. And it was the same photo, and I just thought, I don't think I belong here. This is not, this is no. not me. You know, this is not how I think, and it's not what I'm comfortable with. Um, they also expect you to to do a lot of research and planning, and a lot of work before you actually went out to work on your assignments. And that just wasn't my way of doing it. And I was having to do everything back to front because I had to do it my way. And then come back home and, as it were, do the put the research in place afterwards to make it look as if I'd done it the way they wanted me to do it. Um, so I, I really was beginning to feel that I, I didn't belong there at all. And I finished the course I was on and then I, I stopped. But that started me thinking about, um, you know, how what was my approach and why was it different? And where did I actually fit in to the photography world um, and that, that was something I spent quite a long time thinking about. So is this when you actually started to discover that there was almost this kind of mindful practice of photography? That's right. I mean, I, I was browsing online and um, I came across a site on something that was called contemplative photography, which is pretty much mindful photography. It's very similar. And uh, I, I read it and I read it avidly and I thought this is what I've been doing. You know, this is what I've been doing. And I didn't know this is what it was called. I didn't know that this was a thing, you know. Um, but I thought, yeah, this is what I've been doing. So suddenly I felt as if there was a place for me and I felt as if I, I belonged there. So just briefly, because we'll talk more about this mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a moment after our next records, but mm. just briefly, what, what is contemplative photography or how is it, how is it kind of described? Okay, it's very hard to do it briefly, um, but I'll, I'll do my best. It's, it's really about going out, um, being in the moment, keeping an open mind, allowing the picture to come to you, not hunting it down, not searching, not trying to capture a picture, not having any preconceived ideas and not labelling things as being ugly or boring or not worth noticing. It's about being open and in the moment. Mm. That's That's... Okay. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
I mean, as as you know, I have a um, an interest in photography too, and mm. and one of the things that uh, I think I probably more naturally come to this sort of contemplative mm. or mindful approach similarly because most of what I do when I'm out and, and obviously I do an awful lot on my on my smartphone is I just notice things when I'm walking the dogs mm, yes so um so the other day um I was particularly noticing how in um uh across the fields that we that I, I take the dogs where we've had this prolonged period of dryness with yes. very little rain mm. and how parts of the um parts of the mud have kind because it's very clay where we are and mm -hmm. it and it's dried out and it's cracked and you're starting to get all these beautiful patterns yes in the cracking yes. Yes. of the of the mud that's exactly the sort of thing that you would notice doing that yeah. yes that's what i thought mm. that's what i thought mm. okay let's just pause for a moment there then we will um we will come back to this mm -hmm. and uh, and talk more about it after our next record um which she says looking very quickly now is going to be amy grant um so we'll do that we will be back talking to jilly cooper uh, jilly cooper what's <laughs> talking about oh i wish i had her money <laughs> oh, yes absolutely jilly walker um not jilly cooper at all completely different person with a completely different creative direction um jilly walker we will be talking with jilly after um amy grant you're listening to the girls around town here on radio newark we are with you till 12 and we're talking with our guest julie walker this morning not julie cooper julie walker um about photography and mindfulness and we were just talking a little bit before that record about what the notion of kind of contemplative or mindful photography is so julie can you just kind of recap on that and and then we'll we'll continue and expand upon um the notion of what it is what it is and and how we do it yeah um really i mean if we if we just start with mindfulness it's about awareness it's about being in the moment and it's about being very aware of the moment and living in it um sort of traditional mindfulness you might use your breath as a kind of anchor so when your thoughts wander off you bring it, it the breath brings you back you come back to your breath well with photography you'd start to use the visual experience to bring you back again um so that's the, the kind of um approach that we take to it um what we tend to do with our minds are so busy all the time and we're always thinking about other things we're not really there mm -hmm. um, we're in the future we're in the past or we're not really present in that moment and we also have a, a way of labeling things which stops us actually seeing them. So in terms of photography, um, you're likely to maybe go out and look around and you say, oh, that's an X, that's a Y, that's a Z. And X might interest you, you might think it's something worth photographing, Y you think, oh, that's boring, and so on. Um, but what you need to do to adopt a more sort of mindful approach is to stop, get rid of all those judgments and just, just look, just, you know, keep coming back to the visual experience, just look. And um, you start to see things when you do that. You start to see things you never noticed before. Uh, sure. So that's the basic thing with it. And I suppose as we were talking mm -hmm. a minute ago about, you know, I was starting to see patterns in the mud 
that mm. had dried up and started mm. to crack. So you start yeah. to see patterns in it. Mm. And I guess one of the, the photographs uh, on your website that particularly um, drew me to it was one which is a reflection in a puddle. Yes. I love reflections. Yes, yeah. I, I, I'm figuring you probably do. Yeah, there's quite a lot of them on there, actually. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it is that thing, mm. isn't it? So often we'll walk straight past a puddle, straight through a That's puddle, and, and not mm. actually look into the puddle. No, when you start looking into puddles, you see all sorts of things. It's it's quite amazing. Um, there's, I mean, some other examples. Um, I've got a little collection of photos on, on the website where they were taken, they were petrol that had been spilled into a drainage ditch. And I was out one day, uh, not here, not in this area, wandering about. I was getting really bored. And that's actually one of the best times sometimes, because when you get bored, you're... Um, your calculating brain switches off and your more intuitive side starts to come out. And you start, that's when you often start to see things. And I just noticed the ditch with the stuff in it and the colours. And I thought the colours were amazing and I started photographing them. And I got really hooked and I, I did, I had about five sessions of going back to these ditches, photographing what was basically pollution and getting something rather lovely out of them. So, from our, our listeners' point of view, if they're sort of thinking, "Oh, this is this is something that that would be quite interesting," what if they're just going out on a walk, say, mm. with their smartphone in their pocket? Mm. How would they make that a kind of a more mindful opportunity? Right. Um, it's it's not the easiest of things to get yourself into if you're not in the habit of doing it. Um, there are little exercises you can do which will ease you into it. But if you were just going out, then I think um, just keep coming back to what you see. Just look. Just look. Don't try and judge it. Don't, you know, push away any sort of thoughts that come to you about labelling it or judging it or thinking anything in particular about it. Just look. And just allow that. If you get bored, just allow yourself to be bored. Just take whatever comes to you. And I could almost guarantee that if you can keep that state of mind going, you will start to notice things that you didn't notice before. And all sorts of, of odd things. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anybody, this, this sounds a little strange, but I don't know if anybody's noticed how wonderful car brake lights are. Um, <laughs> they really are. If you start looking at car brake lights, they're all different. They're all really, really different. They've got, um, they're beautifully designed. Um, if the sun catches them, they, they go all kind of glittery and lovely. Um, and if you kind of zoom in on them with a camera and, and take them as abstracts, you can get some really lovely photos. I don't think most people do that sort of thing. I think this is something, you know, that uh, you, you do do when you adopt the mindful approach because you start to notice these things, which we normally just walk right past. We don't see them. Well, and I suppose the other thing, isn't there, is, is that um, for, for a lot of people, they think when they're taking photographs, they have to take a photograph of something. Exactly, yes. Um, you know, yeah. which is what, you know, partly our, our kind of obsession with the selfie and with mm. snapshots and so mm. on. And, and sure, capturing moments is, is one well, thing. Well, that's one useful thing about it, yes. Um, yeah. But as you say, creating or, or seeing the, the abstract mm. um, in, in an image, to seeing... Um, just how you can perhaps pick up, um, as you say, the sort of the colours that f mm. are in uh, petrol or fuel 
yes. puddles. Yeah. Um, the, the the sort of the different colours that might come out in uh, mm. in a brake light, or um, or even things like just looking up into the trees and seeing how the different shapes that the trees branches make against the sky and, yes. and that kind of thing yeah. um all just different ways of doing something that's just a little bit different photographically right. i mean we don't we we tend to always just look and photograph at eye level mm. we don't look up we don't look down we don't do it from different levels i mean even just doing that will take you places that you haven't been before so there's lots of little things that you can do which um will sort of encourage you to think in that way um we tend to um as you say look for things but if you go out looking for lines or shapes or colors or textures um you start to see things differently because you're no longer labeling them you're looking you're actually getting the the, the experience of actually seeing what they are rather than just labeling them and dismissing them and that's what would take you into a, a kind of mindful approach to it Marvellous. Let's have another piece of music and then we will um, talk a little bit further about it, but also particularly about um, the the workshops and things that you're now starting mm -hmm. to develop for, for groups of people. So we've been talking with Jilly, our guest today, about um, mindful and contemplative photography. Now, Jilly, you're planning to do some workshops and, uh, around this sort of subject, aren't you? What, yeah. what kind of thing are you going to be doing? Um, well, the, the big thing is helping people to get into the right mindset. After that, it's easy, but that's quite hard to do for yourself. So the workshops are aimed at getting people into that mindset, giving them the experience of doing mindful photography that they can then go off and do by themselves and will this be for groups or individuals or are you thinking um, of doing both i can do it for individuals i'm at the moment i'm working on some group workshops i'm talking to some local organizations about that and i should hopefully have something coming together quite soon for that uh, so that's quite exciting it is very exciting so um if somebody is interested in in doing that, in doing a, a workshop with you, how do they get in touch with you? Right. At the moment, if you um, go to my website, that would be the best way. And uh, if anybody wants to um, send me their details on the co using the contact form there, I'll put them on my, my mailing list and I'll let them know as soon as I've got something definite. It will also go on to my website, as again, as soon as I've got something definite. Um, so really, yeah, that's the best place to go. So uh, would you like the address of that? I think we should. Okay, it's www.jilly-walker.com and Jilly is spelled G-I-L-L-Y. So www.jilly-walker.com Brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, of course, we will have uh, on our website, girlsaroundtownonline.com, we have the details of Julie's website, obviously uh, in our uh, uh, pre-blurb for today's show, but I think June is also going to pop something up there a little later. Yes, there will be something up there a little bit later that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Indeed. But also um, on the website, there is a page which is called Websites We Love, and there is now a link to Julie's website on there as well. Oh, that's lovely. Thank Fantastic. You. Okay, we'll have another piece of music and then we have um, a little chocolatey something with Jilly that we should... Uh, it would be rude not to share. Well, 
um, we can say quite a lot really and especially when it's on the subject of chocolate um, because before we let Julie go we have insisted that she shares with us um, her chocolate sonnet now this was something that you um, you did on a, a writing on uh, the feet the oh, let me get my words in straight Fiona Theokachoff who of course is one of our other girls around town mm-hmm. as well as being our health and well-being expert on the show she also is a bit of a writer and a poet and um, Fiona does kind of some little writing workshops of which you have participated, Jilly. That's right, yes. Yeah, she had a little group for a few weeks that I went to and this is where I produced this. <laughs> and I think you should read it to us because if there is ever a subject that is close to the hearts of the girls around town, it is chocolate. So, the floor is yours. Thank you. It's called Chocolate, a love story. We've had a lifelong love affair, we two. Though times I've tried to leave you and be free, it never lasts and I return to you. I can never have enough of you, you see. You've been my solace in a hostile world. You've been my sweetness, oh, and my delight. You're there for me. Your wrapper comes unfurled at any time of day or even night. But I must give you up. I know I must, though it leaves a space that I can never fill. I think of you and I am filled with lust and seeing your rich brown body is quite a thrill. But here's the thing. I'm getting rather fat, and clothing-wise, things are a little tight. I'll give you up. I swear I will. I must. But even so, not without a fight. <laughs> well, as we were we were saying um, while we were listening to that last record, it, chocolate is... Well, she's a double, he's a double-edged sword, isn't he? He's kind of that that lover that we know isn't good for us, the um, the one who's kind of whispering sweet nothings into every girl's ear, but you still just can't quite resist. And we fall for it every time. <laughs> Talking of which, have you eaten all those salted caramel biscuits, Sue? Uh, no, not all of them. There are some left. <laughs> and did you leave me any of the chocolate gingers? Yes. Jolly good. That's great. Julie very kindly brought us in chocolate biscuits, and June had already brought chocolate biscuits in anyway. So, um, well, I mean, what can we say? We are just... We just can't resist, can nope. we? Never mind. Never mind. So, just to um, to quickly recap, Julie, thank you for coming in this morning. It's been a um, pleasure. And for uh, sharing your, uh, your mindfulness with us on photography. But just to uh, a quick recap, the website address is julie-walker.com that's right yes um and on there will be details of the workshops that julie is planning around mindful and contemplative photography yes um we haven't even got on to the whole subject of land art but that's that's another thing that's a whole other thing so Uh we're just going to have to have you back to talk about that um Mm -hmm. on another occasion um which we shall look forward to greatly um, but there is a real connection between land art and photography, isn't there? Oh, very much. And it's, it's got the same mindfulness element to it. And uh, there are some details on the, the website about it as well, if anybody wants to have a look at that. Excellent. Um, so if you're interested in doing uh, either a group course or even some uh, personal tuition, because I think you'll, you will do kind of personal walking uh, yes, tour. definitely. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll basically do whatever anyone wants, you know, <laughs> within reason. Of course. <laughs> of course. Photographically speaking. Photographically speaking, yes. <laughs> um, so that's fabulous. Thank you, Julie, so much for coming in this morning. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.